and welcome to the I Love Tooting podcast, a podcast about the tooting community, for the tooting community, and I'm your host, local tooting resident, Joe Pearson. Lockdown highlighted how little I knew about the area I had lived in for over five years, that I used tooting as a base to uncover London. However, I was missing what was right on my doorstep, an understanding of what makes tooting great. So I set myself the challenge to step away from my comfort zone and actively meet up with the people running local community groups and charities, finding out what they do and what drives them. Hopefully by raising awareness of these fantastic initiatives, you, a podcast listener, will perhaps find a community or communities of your own to join. I have some inspiring guests on this season and I hope you enjoy the shows. For more information, please check out the website, ilovetooting.co.uk, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. On today's show, we spoke to Sahar Beg, founder of Tooting Community Kitchen. It was a delightful conversation with an inspirational woman. The show's focus today is on the Tooting Community Kitchen. However, for Sahar, one charity is not enough and she is currently setting up a mental health charity called Mindworks. So please also do check that out. Hi Joe, how are you? Thanks for inviting me. I'm absolutely delighted to have you as a guest. I'm going to start off with some very quick questions. My first question, how long have you lived in Tooting? Right, okay, this is going to give my age away then. So it's been 53 years. (laughs) (laughs) I was born in Tooting, raised in Tooting, got married in Tooting, moved up the road to Tooting Beck. I uh, had all my children, my grandchildren are here in, in, in the area as well. So, yeah, pretty much all my life. <laughs> and what is the best thing about tooting? Oh, I think the diversity. Uh, community are amazing. Having access to so many people and, and businesses within tooting, everybody's kind of, it's like the, tooting's the hub of everything. You know, people come from all over to come and eat here, to shop here, just to even just visit. I mean, Tooting Market, Broadway Market, it's changed so much. Um, and I think people just visit to, just to see. I think it's the 10th on the list in the world to visit. Oh, yeah, it, when it hit the Lonely Planet Guide, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So there we go, we're famous. <laughs> and a rather controversial question next, Beckle Broadway. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's always going to be Broadway. For me, because I've always lived in Broadway all my life. I'm just literally up the road. Yeah, Broadway is the heart of everything, I think. And what's your favourite local shop or restaurant? Oh, gosh, now that's a hard one, because there's so many. (laughs) My favourite shop has to be Lidl. I love Lidl. get so many quirky things in there all of the time. Restaurant-wise, oh, my gosh, there's a few. Couldn't name them all. Um, La Horse Spice was actually... They actually uh, make some biryanis for the Tooting Community Kitchen at Royal Mahal. There's a really lovely cafe which does amazing coffee by Tooting Make Station. And um, it's the, what's it called? The Tooting, oh gosh, I can't remember what it's called now. It's just by the the 24-hour Turkish food market, kind of. I can picture it and I'm sure our listeners can. So, yeah, Yeah, we recommend that they check out those. Absolutely, it's really lovely, yeah. And I think the best thing about Lidl is there's now two big Lidls. There is. <laughs> What's better than one Lidl? There's two Lidls. And can you please tell me a little bit about yourself and where the idea and how the Tooting Community Kitchen came about? So I'm a psychotherapist by trade. That's my main foundation of work that I do. I was mentioning earlier that I have another charity in mental health. My mother had a bilateral stroke. Oh, this will have been now six years ago. She's passed away now four years ago. 
having looked after her, I got to know a little bit more about her history and what she used to do and how she used to be with people. She used to always feed people. So I got married quite young and left the home for quite young. But she was a feeder and she would let everybody that came home, you know, you wouldn't leave without having a meal. And I learned that she used to teach people how to cook and things as well. So that was quite interesting for me to find out. Oh, this is nice, you know, really nice. And then when she passed, it's like, a, you know, you left with that, um, that bit of uncertainty. Well, what do I do? How do, how do I manage this grief, I suppose? Mm-hmm. And then this kind of idea, I was with a few people and this idea was kind of festering and I was talking about it. And then, thought, oh, let's just do this. <laughs> so just started it, really. Um, and it's been going on since 2018. Um, just a way to feed those people that wouldn't normally have a home ba- home cooked meal or home baking. So from a, a small table, we you know we've just become so much more than just the food table. And can you explain to our listeners what the Tooting Community Kitchen does now? So from from that one table, we have about seven. So we we have hot food, we have um, home baked. Um, cakes and biscuits and and all sorts actually and we have a rotor of volunteers who bake and cook vegetarian and vegan food and the non-veg comes from one of the restaurants who um which actually is Lahore Spice and Tooting Beck and they provide oh they provide us about probably about 300 meals a week wow because we're a bi-weekly um kitchen and that's a chicken biryani that they provide from that we also have little projects behind the scenes so we currently just finishing one of the projects which is for the refugees um all kind of clothing shoes etc suitcases and bags when refugees are placed here they have very little or nothing and then when they moved they just moved overnight very quickly so they have nothing with them so we try to provide as much as we can to another charity that we're working with you know just the basics of Joggers, trousers, t-shirts, hoodies, socks, underpants, toiletries, uh, and maybe like one of those little wheelie suitcase things, just to help them, just to support. And that's very local to us, so it's quite local in the community that we're kind of working with. We've worked with the prison service, um, especially over the Ramadan period. We did the Ramadan project with another charity called Swan, run by Saika Ali. We provided the breakfast packs, and they provided the main meals. Uh, for those that were fasting those that weren't fasting were also able to get a meal so, which is great yeah. um, so there's always something ongoing with projects and schools projects locally as well so it's quite nice to kind of fit into a community that's in need of something and we can think well what could we do to help or facilitate something our new project which we haven't announced yet but I'll announce it to you now is um, working with um, two women's prisons just to provide um, clothing um, for them as you know, in the prison service, women will come in. doesn't matter what they got in for. I don't want to know about that. Yeah. But it's helping them to be in prison safely with the right things that they need, like, you know, toiletries and clothing, shoes. You know, obviously, there's particular things that we can only give. But it's just nice for them to feel that there's people that care for them anyway. For them to make a change in their life, they need someone to help them and to support them. So that's kind of like what we're going to be doing right now. It sounds like a very responsive organisation. Do you have any kind of goals or longer-term goals? Certainly. I'm looking for premises so that we can have um, a centre, um, a hub where we can have sit-down meals with people, whether they're homeless or in supported housing or just 
people who are alone, who just want to be part of going somewhere, now that we can meet socially um, and safely. So I am actually, that's the goal for me, is to have a centre with a nice big kitchen. <laughs> You say through the meals you're helping 300 tutoring residents a week. Expanding out, you must be helping with the different causes, 1,000 people a week. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> we, can't, we could be because what in those, um, those 300 meals we have families and we also have home deliveries that we do for um, staple foods. So we don't provide hot meals to the home but we do have a food bank which runs on a Friday morning um, and from that, there we've learnt there's many residents who who just can't get out because if they're shielding, mm-hmm. isolating, or if they're elderly and they just can't get out. We just want to help facilitate a little bit of support. We have people who have applied for benefits and they can't get the benefits immediately. So for that six to nine weeks, we're able to um, offer that support to them. We also get referrals from the local authorities and other charities if we can help them um, to facilitate that locally. So within the kind of Southwest 17, some Southwest 12, you know, um, areas that can we do this. Um, We have some refugee families who've come in and it's just nice to connect with them. They have very different culture, different living, understanding what is the food that they need and want. So we try to facilitate as much as we can what they would like to have. Obviously, we can't hand over money, but yeah. we, we can have a shopping list and we have a small budget for each family um, and then just buy what they, they want us to, to buy. So we do ask them if there's dietary needs and things like you know, allergies. So we won't just put in what we think people might want or need. We do ask. So make it kind of a bespoke service, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So obviously, it makes them feel more at home and they're cooking with ingredients that they're used to. Mm. And also, the environmental impact has to be less because it's you're working towards zero waste. Absolutely, absolutely. And what keeps you motivated? I always say that, okay, I'm going to hand over because I need someone else to help manage this. And I think, well, no, actually, I love just immersing myself in the work. Um, and my family keep me motivated because I always say, yeah, you know, it's, it's quite hard work. But no, mum, you can actually do this. You do this really well. You know, you're always doing. You never stop. You're not going to stop. I know. Um, I think just the community, there's just so much need. I feel that if I stop, then tutoring community will stop. And I don't want that to happen. So, um, so it just keeps me motivated until I can, I suppose, and then hand over at some point to to someone younger who can have the energy and drive just like I have and what are you most proud of I suppose I'm proud that this community pulls together when it really needs to and that makes me to be a proud tooting woman (laughs) yeah it's um I think the community I'm so proud of the community just pulling together when we need them to they just you know we just do a call out for something and we have a rush of people coming forward and that's, I'm proud to live in Tooting because of the, the community that I live in. It's very interesting that that's been echoed with everybody I've interviewed. Really? Wow. Yeah. Amazing. That the kind of responsiveness and the feeling of community mm. and the feeling that 
action can take place and it takes place quickly. And I think particularly that's where community groups are so specialised and so good that they don't seem to have the bureaucracy of a large organisation. They're help to help on an individual basis. I think in some ways that makes it a lot more powerful. Absolutely. And what's been really, um, really lovely is, especially with the lockdown last year, is how many other organisations, charity organisations, came together. Not actually knowing, oh, we didn't know that existed or oh hello I didn't know you worked for this charity or this organisation and it was really nice that we all worked together um, because we want to get to the same goal is just help your your local community and residents that that, you know our neighbours you know Um, so that was one of the things I took away very recently I thought this is just so nice just to be able to you know, pick up the phone to another food bank, for instance, or, or and say, we've got extra of this, would you like it for your your food bank? We've got extra of this, would you like it for that hostel or something? You know, it's just, like, really nice, that kind of community cohesion, as we say, which we all strive for, is really happening. And although nobody would wish the pandemic, I think that um, that communication and those stronger relationships have been built because of it mm, absolutely it would have been nice to have, for it to have happened without it yeah so it's kind of i suppose it's as we said we nobody wants this pandemic but it's a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. and how else did the pandemic affect the community kitchen well we didn't close so um we stayed open i just stopped doing the hot drinks everybody loved just having a cuppa and, and and just to have a chat we had to stop doing that in the beginning because of you know having to prepack everything at the store and just handing bags out. It's changed now because now we can they can have a choice of what they want to pick up. That was one of the things that we had to to stop. There was a lack of things, as in um, what we could buy. There was a, a restriction on things that we were able to buy within local shops. But the amount of donations that came through everybody, it was just like next to nothing. It was amazing. So we were pretty stocked up to be able to help everybody. So I think those two things kind of held us back a little bit, but not so much. And how can Tutin residents support the community kitchen? If our listeners out there thinking, I want to get involved, what can they do? So they can email us at info at and they can always um, just write down, please leave your phone number because we have a lot of people that make an inquiry um, they don't leave a contact number so it's really important for us um, we are in need of drivers um, ad hocly so um, you know, there are some fixed times um, but I think go through the website um, have a look at us, read up about what we do um, and definitely give us a, you know, contact us we are you know, happy to ha- you know, receive the help <laughs> And is there anything else that our listeners should know about the Tooting Community Kitchen? Yeah, we're just here to help in any way. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are from. Anybody that's in the need of support, a meal, to support short-termly, even if it's long-termly. We have some people that we're supporting long-term because of um, long-term illness, um, and then obviously they're not working. But we won't turn anybody away. If you want to make a referral, you can do... um, Again, we don't provide hot meals on the doorstep, but we can provide staple foods. But please give us a call, you know, contact us if you want to support us in any way, monetary, your time to volunteer, um, or you want to give a shout-out about us, please do. And what other local organisations should a Tutin resident look out for? 
So other organisations, uh, locally, we well, we have quite a few food banks around scattered in the whole of Wandsworth. Wandsworth is quite big, so, you know, we have Wandsworth Food Bank, we have the Ellsworth Food Bank, we have ourselves, Tooting Community Kitchen Food Bank. I mean, in regards to other organisations and charities, there's just so many. I just want to thank you again for your time today and for the support that you give the Tooting community through the Community Kitchen and, of course, a shout-out to all your wonderful volunteers as well. Oh, thank you so much, Jo. It's, um, it's wonderful. And uh, without the volunteers and the support and donations of the community, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. At the end of the podcast, I'd just like to give credit to the music I use, which is Save for the Moment by Shane Ivers, which is shared under a Creative Commons licence.